Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Anamesh. And I'm Peter. And today we are talking to the High Priestess, Nighthawk, founder and frontwoman of the Doomy Heavy Temple. Welcome back to Horns Up. And congratulations on the release of the debut full-length, Lupia Morris. Thank you. Hey. So, you know, it's been quite a journey to your debut full-length album, which I love has been described as a roaring mastodon in a thunderstorm. Now, you know, you've mentioned on social media that this is a culmination of nearly seven years of songwriting, mm. which brings me to my question. Is there a sense of relief now that it's finally released? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, just from with with the lineup changes. Um, and it was always just like, you know, somebody wanted to move to this part of the country and then our, one of our guitarists went to go work for like NASA, I think. And then, you know, I think that with the last lineup, we just had different um, goals or expectations. Um, so things just kind of, you know, those lineups dissolved sort of naturally and you always have to kind of, you have to learn the songs with everybody each time. Like, like you said, some of these songs I wrote maybe like six or seven years ago. And so I've been playing them for quite some time. Um, so I'm happy to finally get this out. And um, not to, you know, I'm, this album is like a, a, a very personal accomplishment for me because we've been around for so long. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, being able to write some new stuff with, with this lineup because it's, it's very easy to, to write songs now. Um, and so it, it feels good. <laughs> All right. Sorry about the dog. I don't know. That's no <laughs> okay. What's the dog's name? Oh, I have no idea. He's somewhere behind my house. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's like, there's like row, it's, you know, row homes. So he's in someone's yard. I don't know where he is. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, let's talk about the lineup, right? What about the current lineup mm-hmm. made it the right time to release a full length? And that's actually part of a larger question, which is, um, what are some of the factors really that made the release possible at this time? Um, how did all the pieces come together? And more importantly, what were those pieces? Um, so I we had intentions with the previous lineup uh, to record this album, and obviously that never materialized. Um, so we were just uh, when when this iteration of Heavy Temple got together, we had already had these shows planned. So <laughs> we just practiced a lot, and then we sort of refined all of those songs when we were on the road. And, um, you know, we really wanted to put it out last year. Uh, you know, let's not talk about last year, but um, so in, I guess, fall maybe of 2019, we had some time. So we were like, we should just record this. We feel good about the songs. Um, so we were sitting on it for a while and then we were shopping around last year and then magnetic eye reached out and um you know we knew jad from the women of doom thing and uh but magnetic eye reached out and wanted to work with us um and i i mean we've heard nothing but good things so uh we were equally as excited to work with them um and the the concept of the album had kind of been floating around um for a while as well 
and then just like the video and the artwork and like I had very specific ideas for what I wanted this album to look like visually um you know the lyrical theme and all that uh but it just it it came together very organically and it wasn't until someone asked me you know like what the process was getting all of the art uh like visual and and photographs and stuff to kind of align with that theme and um i had to sort of stop and think that like it, it, i don't know if it was really entirely intentional um and i don't want to say it was was a happy accident but um you know we just got we got lucky we were really fortunate to work with gene um taking those awesome pictures and alex doing the artwork and zach made this new logo for us and did the layout and just it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful album i was almost a little worried that like the cover was going to make us seem heavier than we were <laughs> and that people would expect something more like you know candle mass uh well, and, I, and I was be, going for like they would be death metal or something. <laughs> oh, the logo, the logo would have to be a bit more illegible, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it just uh, I, the stars aligned, I guess. You know, cosmically, everything kind of worked out. Um, this this lineup feels great. It, it feels good to play. It feels good to write. Um, and so I think that is reflected on this album and I would imagine more so, um, with the newer stuff that we've been writing as well. Awesome. So, you know, as we said earlier, the last time we spoke was thanks to the women of doom compilation, which featured the song Astro hand. Now in the chat, you had that time given us a hint of an album, but nothing was set in stone. Uh, since we're talking exactly a year later, <laughs> let me take that again. The dog is like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm saying since we're talking exactly a year later, could you take us through the last 12 months or so? Like what happened when? Sure. Um, so gosh, we, we put that out. I think we recorded that after we had the album recorded actually. Um, and um, like I said, you know, I think like the, the first, I, I would say the first quarter of 2021, you know, what that was when we were getting ready to shop the album and then everything went to hell. So we spent like the middle of that year kind of figuring out what we wanted to do. Um, and then I think finally everything got finalized in like November of last year. Um, so it's pretty seamless. Um, and again, Magnetic Eye was great to work with. Um, the, the communication is awesome. So uh, we were fortunate also in that I think, I think maybe we had some, we had the order in to get our vinyl done before that one plant like burnt to the ground. Mm -hmm. It was like wow. a third of the world's vinyl production or something like that. Um, so, so we kind of just snuck in there and being able to release it in, in the middle of this year because I know people now are waiting like eight, nine months to have albums pressed. Um, so yeah, uh, we 
um, I don't know if I'm spilling the beans, but we have pretty much like a, another album written because we haven't been able to play shows and, mm -hmm. and we live so close together. It just seemed like a waste to not utilize some of that time. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to like record it too soon and put it out too soon because then people will just expect us to be putting out albums all the time <laughs> and or, or, um, or like if, you go back any... to like maiden and sabbath from back in the day right like releasing albums mm -hmm. almost every year oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean that's also like when your job is just to like make songs you know i maybe it might be easier to just crank them out although I don't know. We've been, it's like I said, it's just been really easy for us to write together. So who knows? Maybe we'll put out like a double LP. Cause I think every, everybody like the reviews that have been coming back have all been really positive. The only complaint I've seen is that it's like not long enough, <laughs> which is good. If, if I may say, it's like a doom record at like a death metal or grindcore song length. I mean, overall, I mean, right? I think like Rain and Blood was only like 28 minutes or something, yeah, right? So, exactly, we're, yeah. so we're, we're coming in five minutes longer than than Slayer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it just, you know, part of, part of that is too with, even with the first album and the second album, um, just because the the members were changing so frequently and also i started this band in in uh delaware here and usually when you tell people that you're from delaware their eyes just kind of like glaze over and they don't care so when you're like philly they're like oh yeah i know where that is so it was hard it was hard to find musicians that wanted to tour it was hard to find musicians that could like dedicate the time that i that you know I never demanded anything of anybody, but it was like, hey, you know, I, I want to go on tour and I want to do these things. And, and if you want to do that, cool. But if you don't, then, you know, we got to figure something else out. So the songs have been written in groups, mm -hmm. if, if that makes any sense. And so I feel like the stuff that we're writing now doesn't it doesn't sound the same as the stuff that's on the, this new album, the Blue by Amoris. Um, And that's part of the reason that they've been so short is because, you know, you write a couple songs and. You know, like let's record this and then you know somebody moves to seattle and then you're like shit let's record this so you record it and then somebody goes to nasa and you're like shit okay <laughs> so, so next time more songs for sure well it certainly feels like the band is in a good place right now um but i have to ask because of the shit show that last year was you guys obviously had a lot more time <laughs> right to work on this mm. um especially when it comes to things like artwork and the visual and the look of it etc etc the marketing of it or even the distribution mm. of it etc um did you end up spending more time on those aspects than you thought you would have to the question that i'm going for is did you end up second guessing yourself in any manner when it comes to those aspects um, for sure. I mean, you know, we're, we've been around for 10 years and this is our third album. And from like, uh, uh, certainly from a label perspective, you know, that's like, well, why have you been around for 10 years and you've only put out two albums when we were, when we were shopping this third one around, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and we've been 
pretty much everything we've done has been DIY. All, you know, most of our tours and like we book all of our own merch and we, you know, do all of like the social media stuff. And, you know, we had someone do PR for the last album. And, and th with this album, you know, uh, I contacted Alex about doing the artwork um, before we even had any label support because I just felt strongly that about what I thought he could bring to the album. Um, because we, we were considering it just releasing it ourselves just because we didn't want to wait. We wanted to get it out there. It's like, okay, well, we finally have a record now that we can put it out. We finally have like a solid line and everybody's on the same page. We should just put this out. So, so that was something that we took into consideration. Um, but you know, to speak more on, on the second guessing aspect of that, we, we haven't, you know, we played our first live show in 15 months. Um, and we're not sure even now that this album's coming out tomorrow, we're not sure how we're going to be able to tour to support that because everything's just kind of, it's opening back up. It's still kind of weird, feels kind of weird. Um, so the thought certainly was, you know, is this going to be well received? Just like nobody's heard anything from us in I don't know, whenever Chasset came out, 2017 or something yeah. like that. Shit. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, you know, that's a long time to not not put something out. Um, uh, but, you know, as I said, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive and um, there... I've been people commenting on some of our social media posts about like, oh, I saw you guys back in, you know, when it was me and like my first drummer who was like this 18 year old kid who just wanted to play. I didn't know he was 18. He was like, I'm 21. He just always forgot his ID when we went to go play a bar. <laughs> wow. <Okay. laughs> this is a little bit suspect. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's just really, like, really humbling. Uh, I'm very flattering that people are as into this record uh, as they seem to be. And hopefully we can, you know, play these songs outside of our basement. Alrighty. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about Lupia Morris a bit in detail. Now, uh, I read that the album's concept, lyrics and message draw from The Company of Wolves by Angela Carter, which is a story that takes the traditional tale of Little Red Riding Hood and paints it superbly with this adult view of sexuality and power. Is that right? Right, largely? Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess the shortest version of that story is mm -hmm. that I, um, about six years ago, when I started writing some of these songs, um, I met my partner who was the one who introduced me to this story. Uh, and oddly enough, we met at a festival in the woods. <laughs> so I just sort of, you know, I used that narrative and sort of tailored it to my own personal experience. Um, and it's also, you know, it's it's been like a life altering relationship i know it's it's cheesy and not very metal but i just like wrote a bunch of love songs <laughs> um and then i was like how do i make this metal oh i know <laughs> i'll just um, make it about wolves or something 
Um, no, but I, I, I really do like the story. Um, I, as a, a woman, I value my autonomy and my independence. Um, and I think that, you know, most fairy tales are dark um, or, or have a darkness to them. And uh, I think that the darkness of Little Red Riding Hood is that a wolf is, you know, lust and desire and danger and, and sensuality and all the stuff that women are not supposed to embrace or that we need to be protected from. And, um, you know, that's unequivocally not true. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I just felt like that story and, and my story, they just, they lent themselves naturally to one another. All right. So is there a deeper message to Heavy Temple's music or should and can there be? Um, I mean, I always, I always wanted the experience of going to a Heavy Temple show to be like church, you know, um, and not in, not in any sort of like worship way or, or, or whatever, I just, I mean, you know, it's when you're like in a room full of people and some of, them, some of them are your friends and some of them are not your friends and some of them are friends that you just don't know you're friends with yet. You know, I mean, you've been to shows, you know what the, that energy feels like. Um, and I know for me, there are certain bands that I go see and I'm just like, I like whatever this is that I'm feeling from this crowd, like that's what I want to evoke when I'm playing. Um, and so I guess in, in a sense, you know, people can, people can make contemporary mean whatever they want it to mean to them. Um, because I think music's, uh, you know, it's a, it, it could be a deeply personal experience. Ultimately, and I, I wish I had something more esoteric to say, but ultimately, you know, uh, we just want to write and play songs that we enjoy writing and playing. And it's, it's we're just fortunate that people seem to enjoy them as well <laughs> and keep coming to see us. So um, I promise that we will try our hardest to not let anyone down. <laughs> That promise is now on record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. So we'll, I know. We'll, we'll hold you to that one. <laughs> oh, man. So, Don't play it back. Don't play it back. <laughs> so, you know, given that you've been mulling about these songs for a long time, mm. how much has it really changed over the past seven years? I mean, you clearly played a lot of these songs more live, right? So was there like some sort of road testing that you did? And how much of that had an impact on like, the structure and all of that of the songs? Um, well, the the Isabella, I think, is probably the oldest one on mm -hmm. this album. And it's definitely changed a couple of times. You know, it changed. We were a two-piece, um, and then we were a different two-piece, and then we were a three-piece, and then we were a different three-piece, and now we're this lineup. So it's definitely taken a different shape with... with um, you know, each 
different cast, I guess, if you will. Um, we actually, uh, Desert Through the Trees, we only played for the first time at Muddy Roots in 2019. That was the first time we'd ever played it to an audience. And it went over like gangbusters. So, you know, we said we should probably put that one first. <laughs> um, and um, the instrumental track came sort of, it, we weren't sure if we wanted to write words, but then we just decided it sounded really good as just sort of a standalone piece at the end to wrap up the album. Um, but I mean, they've all, they've all taken a different shape. Uh, and I think especially, you know, over the last couple of years since, since we were on the road so much, I, I mean, I think, I, you know, when, when Paisley joined the band in 2019, from there on out, I think that's probably the most that we've ever been on the road. Um, and, that whole time we were playing mostly these songs um and uh you can usually gauge when you know maybe you need to rework some stuff if if people aren't feeling it but um the the, the feedback and and the energy is always really good so you know going back to the writing songs and groups we consider writing more um and putting them on this album but these five songs just felt like they fit well together yeah it does now um there's another big first along with this album which is the fact that you guys have your first ever music video mm -hmm. right uh yes why decide to make a video for a desert through the trees were there any other tracks that were considered and also how many um, times have you watched the video yourself <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a bunch when we first got it, um, just because I like kind of couldn't believe that we had a music video. Um, so I think we'd maybe um, mulled over the idea of doing a video for The Maiden. But since it's like a kind of a companion to the song that precedes it, we were like, nah. And then Isabelle's like 10 minutes long. Nobody wants to make a 10 minute long music video. Um, and but it, I think that, that the the first track on the album is really like I hesitate to say that I think it's the best song on the album, but it might be the best song on the album. And now I'm like, shit, should we have put it first? <laughs> um, but it seemed like that was like a good introduction because I, I we felt like with this album that that more people who hadn't heard us before were gonna hear us, and so I think that that song is kind of a good introduction to kind of like all of the stuff that Heavy Temple does. Um, and, and the album itself is as well. Um, and uh, I just thought that the, the feel of that song would be best for a music video. Um, and I had seen some of Tom's work for some of our friends and it's like, oh, you live in Wales and you're just like surrounded by like spooky forests and this would be a perfect place to have a music video uh, that's got a song with the word trees in the title. <laughs> um, so it just seemed like that was like the best like one-two punch would be to make a video for that song. Okay, so, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the album. Let's play a song from it. Which one would you pick and why? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. 
I I think I would say maybe I would say either the first or third track. The the first track I just it's just really I that I think that's like the most fun to to play live that track. Um and that's honestly the sole reason I'm picking it. Um is because it's my favorite one to play in front of a crowd. And then the maiden um I don't I think I had been in like California or something. And I was just thinking about, you know, large open like desert spaces and and the the desert out in California just looks like Mars. So I I wanted, you know, this like big spacey lead guitar. Um and I think that the maiden conjures up some nice visual imagery for me. So I think that's why I would pick that one. I know you guys said I can only pick one, but it's probably a tie between those two. So you guys pick whichever you want. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll actually play both of the songs, but not together. <laughs> we'll play one right here and we'll play the second one a bit later. So right okay. now, let's go with the first song, which is A Desert Through the Trees.
So that was A Desert Through the Trees from uh, Heavy Temple's recently released Lupia Morris. And yes, we're chatting with Heavy Temple's High Priestess Nighthawk on Horns Up. Now, the band recently played its first live show in over a year. How was that? How did it go? Um, it's really weird to see more than half of someone's face. <laughs> um, I, I like 400 people's faces. Um, and I don't, I, I don't think it was 400 all at the same time, but it was, it was there. It was just really, it was very surreal. Um, and very strange. Like we were just sort of like put, putting our masks up and pulling them down because we like didn't know, but then like other people weren't wearing their masks. Um, and so and, like, I guess, I guess that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, it turned out to, it, everything was fine. Um, I, I'm not sure that I knew what to expect, like being reintroduced to society is very strange. Um, but it was really awesome to to see our friends and to see friends band and to like meet new people and you know I think we're all kind of homebodies in general and we just forgot that we could have fun outside. <laughs> um, the it also felt like no time had passed at all which was weird. It's been like a year and a half and there's like so much like nervous energy like leading up to you. Cause you know, people are, people have been cooped up for a year and a half and now you're like, let's go outside and drink at a show. What could go wrong? Um, except that nothing went wrong and it, and it was great. And we had a great time. It was really fun playing and it felt very comfortable. That's yeah. good. I mean, the first show I went to was in Jan, and that was like less than a year after I went. And it was a brutal mm -hmm. death metal gig. And you think awesome. that, you know, people would men uh, like maintain social distancing. And halfway through this band set, like a mosh pit breaks out. And I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, I, I was kind of. I was glad that it was outside. I was glad that we were there early um, to sort of like watch the, the flow of people come in. So you're not just like 400 people, you know? Um, but I, I, I would say I kept to myself, you know, half of the time um, just cause I kind of like to slink off and be like by myself before we play anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and like people watching and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, de definitely have to ease into it. I'm, I'm not, I don't need any mosh pits. I don't need any, I sweat from other people and spit and stuff. I'm not ready for all that yet. You know? Yep. Completely get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But before the live gig, there was the day of doom live stream in May, which I must say was excellent. I really enjoyed watching that. So what's the difference between, you know, performing for a camera versus performing for a live audience? I mean, is there any upside uh, to a live stream gig, to be honest? I was going to say, if you fuck up, you can just do it again. 
<laughs> you, you don't have that kind of time when you're on stage. So that's like the primary uh, um, positive for doing a live stream. Um, it's surprisingly, I mean, I think it's easier to just play a live show. A live stream, there's a lot to coordinate. You know, you have to make sure that you're synced up. And, and then, like, if you if you you get four minutes into a five-minute song and someone plays the wrong note, it's you can't, like, punch in, really, you know? You, know, you could. Studio magic. But you know what I mean? It's it's easier to just, if you're playing live and you, and you screw something up, you just kind of keep going and then, like, nobody remembers. But, uh with the live stream, the camera never forgets. So <laughs> you have to do everything over again. Yeah. So like with the live stream, right? Does it teach you anything that a live gig can't and vice versa? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, um, I think it was weird. We, you know, we had done a couple of videos for mutants of the monster the first one and the second one that they did their their live streams um but this felt more serious for some reason i don't i, I don't know how to explain it mm -hmm. but we hadn't it it was like we were like nervous because we hadn't like done anything like that i don't know because we because there were like more people there when we did this one and i just i don't know our our, our nerves were like it was it was very strange because you're like on camera it's it's very intimate you know so it's almost like there's this bigger fear of like messing up you know when you when you're when you're playing in a room you can kind of cover up any mistakes with you know just the feedback or whatever but it, it is it's it's very intimate when you're being recorded and you have to be quiet before they record and it's this very serious process so it just the energy is different um patience teaches you patience for sure <laughs> fantastic answer okay coming back to live gigs uh you have a show coming up next month with ruby the hatchet do you have any more shows planned in support of the album release? Um, we have, uh, I think we're doing actually another show with them in September. Um, and then we're going to be playing Muddy Roots again this year, which will be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I think, you know, we, we would definitely love to tour. We would love, we would love to come overseas. Um, but it, it will just depend on how things shake out, you know? Um, but, uh, I mean, we're open to whatever, I think it's case by case basis and, and, you know, for safety first. Um, but I, I think we're definitely itching to get back in a hot band for days on end. Um, and meet people and play shows and eat different food and see weird shit and you know we're ready just saying india has all of that to offer okay <laughs> all right well let's do it i'm ready 
<laughs> right. So on that note, let's play the second song that we talked about earlier. Here's The Maiden.
Alrighty then, let's get to know you guys a bit better. I have to talk to you about your star-shaped bass guitar. <laughs> What's the story behind it? Did you always want a star-shaped bass guitar? And being a bass player myself, it's it's such a unique shape. What's the learning curve to using it properly? Uh, don't use a pick is the first thing. It's like it's impossible. You have to like reach around the one of the points to like really. So only finger picking. <laughs> um, I mean, it's. I guess it's a funny story, or it might not be funny at all. Um, I was just sitting around with some friends, and we were talking about pointy basses. We were talking about like metal, you know, like instruments that look super metal. So we were talking about pointy basses, and I quite literally just typed pointy bass into Google. <laughs> and that was like one of the first ones that came up. And well, friend, yeah, it makes one, sense, one, right? <laughs> and then one of my friends in particular was very um persuasive and uh, persistent uh until i did buy it and then it came to my house and it sat and it's just sat there for like maybe a week or two because i saw it and i was like man i'm gonna look like such an asshole playing this thing i just i felt like i didn't maybe like i didn't deserve the instrument if that makes any sense uh and then my friend who convinced me to buy it just picked it up to noodle around on it and i was like okay this looks cool and i should probably just do it i should do it because i just bought it so now i'm like you know i get my money's worth um i love the long neck it's great because i like i like jazz basses anyway um and i like to noodle up there sometimes um and it just fucking looks cool you know i mean uh, that that was part of the reason that I was like, "Am I gonna look stupid?" Because if this bass sounds like uh -huh. shit, I'm definitely gonna look stupid. Um, but it's it sounds great, uh, and you know, once you get used to it, you kind of don't. Or once, uh, rather, I should say, once you play something else, you're like, "Oh God, but this isn't a star bass. This shit. It's a. It's an interesting shape, <laughs> to say the least." Definitely. So here's another one. How did Lord Paisley and Byron Lycan become part of Heavy Temple? Um, so uh, the Baron had been doing our merch for a while and also a drummer. Um, and once you spend, you know, three years going to shows, you just know the drum parts after a while. Um, and uh, he, I mean, he, I, he's a very, he's an extraordinarily talented drummer. Um, and Paisley is an extraordinarily talented guitarist. Uh, and that's why I wanted them to, to play with me. Um, Paisley, uh, we, we knew each other through friends and bands. And, and we've all kind of been like floating around in the same circles for a long time. Um, and then it, it, I was really fortunate uh, in, in their skill and their aptitude and their ability to just pick everything up and just be able to start playing shows almost immediately um, was pretty wild. Um, 
sometimes I feel like I'm like the least talented member in the band. They're both really good. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it just, it, it, it worked out. Um, it worked out and, and they both, you know, we all wanted to be in a band for the same reasons. And so it's just been really nice, very effortless to play together. Um, and that that's, I think, the, the primary reason. It just feels good to play with them. Cool. Okay. So I have to ask, Lord Paisley, Byron Lycan, previous lineups included Rattlesnake, Pterodactyl, <laughs> Archbishop, by guest. Siren Temple and even a Thunder Horse. Of yes. course, High Priestess Nighthawk. What's the deal with the synonyms or the stage names? I mean, do you guys come up with them yourselves or are they bequeathed or anointed onto you? Or does uh, it all like so- come together? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I like that anointed. Sometimes they are given and sometimes they are chosen. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I. There are people who know what our names are on our birth certificates. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, part of it is just, I don't know, we're just people. Uh, and I think that there's like the, some sense of like anonymity to just like, it's kind of nice just like being in a band and like nobody like really knows who you are, but also that per- like, paisley and lichen and nighthawk like i i feel anyway that that's like we're like our truest those are like our our final forms <laughs> when we're on stage so even though you're playing with this moniker it is actually like your real like raw self when you're playing um and i mean if i can be honest i just didn't i'm like I am like kind of shy <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, maybe if I just give myself like a, a fucking fake name, like, I won't have to, you know, I'll do like a costume change and then like nobody will know who I am and I won't have to talk to anybody because I'm like find myself to be socially awkward. Um, so that's kind of how it started. But then uh, people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, everybody can pick their own heavy temple name if they want. I you completely get names. where you're coming from. Uh, you guys can pick names. I'll, I'll assign you names if you would prefer. Uh, you know, everybody's a disciple. So, <laughs> Kaching, that's a merch idea right there. <laughs> personalized callouts, personalized names. Oh, that's good. That is good. Yeah. yeah, we'll have like a heavy temple name generator. Exactly, right? Pop that on the website. Okay, this yeah. is good. I like this brainstorming session that we're having. <laughs> we'll cut you guys in too royalties and all that fantastic <laughs> that, that's great. but you know you mentioned earlier that you have almost an album's worth of music right that you're working on mm-hmm. what what can you tell us uh about the songs i mean especially because this is the first ones you're writing with the new lineup right yeah uh I think that it, they are a really great reflection of all of the things that we are inspired by. Um, you know, and I think it's, it, I, I try to stay away from comparing bands to other bands, but also like 
if your band sounds like Deep Purple, I'm going to say you sound like Deep Purple because Deep Purple is fucking awesome. So on one hand, I'm like, don't, I don't want to like list our influences specifically because I think that that is apparent when people hear these songs. Um, but you know, it's a pretty wide range. I mean, we're, um, our, our drummers into some more like extreme metal. I'm into a bit of extreme metal. Our guitarist is really into like this, the seventies, like sixties, seventies, like hard psych stuff. Like I like classical music, you know, I've, some of us were in band in high school. And so, um, it's just a nice potpourri, if you will, uh, of, of, of riffs and, um, influences and creativity. And, uh, I, I'm, I hope that people will receive what's next as well as, as they've received this collection of songs. Um, cause I really do think it's like, a, I think it's an evolution of the band for sure. And it'll sound a little different, but it'll still be heavy tempo, you know? Fantastic. Any timelines as to when, when you're thinking of even wanting to release it? It's actually really freeing that we're finally like ahead now because <laughs> it's always like release an album, get a new lineup, have to learn all the songs, learn the songs, write new songs. Somebody leaves right before you record the album. Then you record the album, then somebody else. <laughs> so it's like, it's nice that we are like, we, we don't have to play the same songs all the time. Like mm -hmm. this album is out now. We can play these songs for, you know, six months and then we can start working this new stuff in and um, just kind of do what we want. Um, but, you know, uh, I think now that we're writing as frequently as we are, um, we won't have to wait as long to, to put stuff out. So I would say hopefully within the next year, um, we'll be putting out another album. Can't wait to hear barring it when it eventually any, does come out. Barring any more pandemics or, yeah. you know, an <laughs> asteroid or whatever. Um, yeah. We'll be putting out some new music. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what the future holds. Hopefully it holds more heavy temple music. I, I hope that as well. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's, here's a final question going through your Facebook feed. Uh, came across this photo of the three of you posing with WWE championship belts. <laughs> I have to ask, are you guys fans of pro wrestling or sports entertainment at any level? Um, I have always enjoyed wrestling for the pageantry. And maybe that's why I liked stage names. I don't know. Um, but uh, we... We just watched Pumping Iron together at band practice the other day. I don't know if okay. you guys have seen that. Fantastic movie about Arnold Schwarzenegger and everybody else in the 70s mm -hmm. taking like a shitload of steroids, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we do enjoy some sports. <laughs> um, I, myself, uh, and my drummer, we both like MMA. Uh, he likes soccer. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, Paisley and Lincoln like to play soccer in the street uh, at band practice sometimes. So you know, we've been talking about actually. It's it's interesting that you bring up sports because we have been talking about 
working out as a band because we have gotten remarkably fat over the last year and who hasn't we want to look uh we were like yeah we could like look good on stage instead of like tired (laughs) 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 like with bad cardio um yeah no we um i would love to go to like a royal rumble or like a summer slam or something that would be that would be awesome um no those belts where were we oh we were in like richmond and they just had like a bunch of these championship belts laying around and then we stayed at some place in in like alabama and they had like these cat heads that we all wore and and we we've either played at or stayed in a lot of places that have like props playing around i'm not sure why that's a recurring theme but um you know we'll see what we can get into (laughs) some more elaborate costumes cool so on that note thank you so much for taking the time out and chatting with a couple of boys from bombay i hope this was worth your time so much oh absolutely it's it's very nice and kind of wild to talk to you guys a year later (laughs) um but you know uh we'll see what happens and maybe we can hang out in 3d sometime yep in 3d damn that's a nice way of putting it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 breathing Mm -hmm. oxygen together in the same room it's like yeah hopefully breathing only oxygen together in the same room (laughs) 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 Um, thank thank you guys so much for having me uh it's a it was a real pleasure Yes, likewise. We we really enjoyed, and it's it, it's fun to kind of nerd out over stuff like this, right? So that's why yeah. we. Yeah. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, High Priestess Nighthawk from Heavy Temple. Any other bands that you want us to chat about? Let us know. We are available as always at hornsuppod.com or on Twitter at hornsuppod. As always, I'm on Twitter at asmoani. I'm at Trent Crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs>